Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, guys, what do you make of Cody Bellinger's return to the Cubs on a three-year $80 million deal? Do you consider it a one-year $30 million deal? Will the be any regression in his numbers or does the short-term deal ensure top effort? Yeah, it's a one-year deal. I mean, he got he has opt-outs after each of the first two years. I, I got to tell you, I think it's an extraordinary deal. I know they've never paid anyone $30 million for a season before, but this is a best-case scenario, in my opinion, for the Cubs. Because you get this guy, you get him highly motivated because he wants to get back on the free agent market as fast as possible. And um, and you also have a guy in Pete Crow Armstrong that you're developing into that position, and it buys you more time to do so. And who knows? Maybe he stays here for the length of the contract. We'll, we'll see. I think it's 30, 30, 20, or 25 in the last year, something like that. 20, I guess. Um, but... Uh, it's a really good deal for the Cubs. They should feel great about it. They held their water. They didn't outbid themselves. It was the obvious place for him to go. And you got him on a short-term deal, which is ideal, in my opinion. All right. When I was waking up on Sunday, yeah. I was the mindset for me was like getting ready for this Chelio special. And I woke up, and the first thing I saw was Bellinger, three years, $80 million. And I was like, it's a good deal. And then I realized, I was like, oh, there's opt-outs. And then I was like, okay, so it's a one-year deal, right. which is still like, I was like, okay, you know, that's still okay. Like, I think that was the pushback between Jed Hoyer and Bellinger. That's what we've been hearing. Like, the terms of the, the money was one, like the 25, we don't want to go above 25 million. I don't know if we want this many years right now. So I, a one-year deal to me is great overall. Now I just want to see them go all in. But with that being said, will his numbers regress? I mean, time would tell with that. One-year deal is a prove-it deal. It's kind of like what he did before. So I expect the same type of production from Cody Bellinger this year. Was it a great deal for both parties? Absolutely. I think everyone can agree on that. Cody gets his money. Cubs get their man. Do I consider it a one-year $30 million deal? No. The reason why, I explained in my third part of the answer. But – no one's going to give Cody Bellinger $30 million next year either. So he's going to opt in. So this is most certainly going to be a two-year at the very minimum deal. And then, you know, that $20 million on the back end is probably when he most certainly will opt out to get more money. And the reason why is because there will be a regression when it comes to Cody Bellinger's numbers. Take a look. Last year, highest batting average of his career, highest stolen bases, second uh, highest on-base percentage, Third highest slugging, third highest OPS, second highest in runs, second highest in hits, second highest in doubles, third highest in home runs. 
second highest in RBIs. Outside of a shortened COVID season, he had the fewest strikeouts of his career. So these are all high marks last year. And if people thought he was going to duplicate that, he would have got way more money. But the fact that there was a discussion is because there was fear of some sort of regression. And even if it's a, a, a small regression to the mean, it's still worth the money that you're giving Cody Bellinger as he shores up the middle of your lineup. And we should mention, he was scheduled to make $25 million on his contract that he got out of. So he gets a $5 million raise for the one year. An earned so that Yeah, raise. so that works out. But he did earn it over the course of his Agreed. season last year. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is, a, this is a, a question I struggle with. Is the Cubs roster now complete now that Bellinger has signed? What are the implications from a roster standpoint? Who will be most impacted? I don't think anyone in the Cubs front office thinks that this roster is complete, but something happened to me yesterday. You know, I realized, you know, Mully, you know, I'm a Sox fan. I got my Sox hoodie on. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've come to, to grow to like this Cubs team in the last couple of years, and I've tried to figure out why, and I thought it was because of the, the hard-playing nature of the guys. But then I realized I'm, I'm a fan of the front office. I'm a fan of what they've been doing for their team over the last couple of years, including this move. So I know and I have confidence in them that they themselves think, hey, we're not done. We have more moves to make. So, no, the roster is not complete. Who's going to be the most impacted with this signing in particular? I think it's PCA. I think that, you know, he had free reign at center field had Cody Bellinger not been there. Cody Bellinger coming back, he's going to play a handful of games there. Maybe that's a great thing for PCA. Uh, but I think he's going to be the guy that becomes most impacted, and Michael Bush, for that matter. I mean, no, their roster is not complete right now. I mean, it, to me, it, it, it it's cool. It feels like it's the same roster as last year, and what did that get you? You mm. just missed the playoffs. So that's one thing. I mean, they did make – they made a minor league deal. They got uh, Garrett Cooper. There's, there's somebody that, you know, if you like that. But at the same time, I, I feel like with this, you you need more. If you got Cody Bellinger on a one-year deal, I feel like this is the time to like go all in. Try to get Chapman. Try to get Jordan Montgomery. Just one-year deals. Let's just try to do that for all Scott Boras type clients. Let's see if that works. With that being said, I just feel like the person who's most impacted, piggyback off gay, is PCA. And you you saw how he was playing at the end of the season. I mean, he, he couldn't even really get a hit. He runs, he plays great defense. He he's extremely fast. He can steal a lot of bases, but we, we need more power for the Cubs, and Bellinger's a start, so I just feel like you, you need to add more to that. Um, I think PCA has to go to the minor leagues. I mean, he needs at-bats. He mm. needs to play every day. I think this means he's in Iowa. I'll be curious. Toutman is the backup center fielder now, and then occasionally if Belly's playing first base, then you have him in center field. Who's going to be the next? They'll probably keep five outfielders, right? Do you keep Canario, or are you running into the same issue of at-bats? And how many at-bats can you get them? And do guys, you know, PCA needs more at-bats at the minor league level. This allows him, this takes a lot of the pressure off him. It allows him to go to Iowa and to develop um, as, you know, you just need more at-bats. But... It's funny you mentioned Chapman because they, the the word is that they're they're done and they can't afford Chapman now. I, I read somewhere that they are still even with this deal about thirty million below the tax, so they could go get Chapman if they were so inclined. Maybe they're not inclined. 
you know, maybe they want to see what Morrell can do at third base because it, it does feel like a tryout, right? I mean, it does feel like a tryout. Um, and same thing with Michael Bush at first base. It seems like they made a trade and they got a guy and he might be able to do it and we'll see. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you want to get more veteran help. They signed a couple guys to minor league deals. Do they fit in now? Are they gone? Because they seemed like insurance policies and now Bellinger is back. It, I, I'll be really curious. You know, he's got to pass the physical, right? Did he take it yesterday? So once that happens and they put him on the roster, then they got to make a move. Someone's off the 40 man, right? So we'll see who that is. And um, could be no big deal. But they also are probably it probably impacts guys that young guys that hope to get playing like Matt Mervis. Year. Like, well, Matt, that's Mervis, a guy who, who a guy could, could be impacted. That's a very good point because because Bush is ahead of him and he was sitting there waiting and now maybe you don't need him. <laughs> that's a big question. What does the signing of Cody Bellinger to a short-term deal mean for Major League Baseball? Will the rest of Scott Boris's clients end up signing short deals? Why did so few guys outside of the international market not get big deals? It's fascinating to look at. You know, obviously, the international market, you know, you, you gave $325 million to a pitcher who's never pitched in MLB <laughs> coming from Japan. You gave... 700 million to the best player in baseball, although he won't be able to pitch and, and is only a DH, won't be able to play uh, center field this year. But that's a 10 year deal, and, and you're looking down the line on that one. Um, but I think we all felt when these deals started going that there were going to be a ton of, you know, I, I think Bellinger thought he was going to get 225, 225 million. And he settles for a one-year deal at 30. So I guess if he had a 10-year deal, it would be uh, a $300 million deal. But, but the short-term solution worked well for Bellinger because he's 28 years old. It would work well for Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. I don't know if Snell wants something like that. He supposedly is close with the Yankees, but the Yankees haven't moved yet because they are – they are of the belief they would rather have Dylan Cease, yeah. and they are of the belief that they're close to a deal, the holdup being there's a minor league outf- outfielder that the Sox are um, insisting is included in the deal, and that's a breaking point for them. So until they sign Snell, there's still a possibility that they're more interested in Dylan Cease, so you can hold your breath on that one a little bit. I think it's also different with pitchers like – don't they need to get into camp fairly early? You know, you have to use spring training to gear up as a pitcher. You need a few weeks before you really are ready to start throwing hard. So I'll be curious to see how that works. Chapman, it looks like a short-term deal. It just does, it doesn't look like anyone's going to pay him. And I don't know who's, who's left to pay him right now, but they're not lining up for these guys because no one wants to give away $200 million. Heyman said it last week. The money was drying up at this point, so it makes sense. Like, all the big money started earlier in the MLB, like, free agency period. I think this is the wave, too. I don't think we're going to be seeing too many of these 10-year, 12-year type contracts anymore. They don't age well. I think we're going to start seeing probably most, maybe like eight years, 
maybe yeah. six years. You're right. That's what I think that's going to be what the wave is. I mean, pitchers don't do well in that. And I think these owners are kind of getting a little bit tired of Scott Boris. I think he has a lot of clients, but at the same time, him talking and I think like you heard Ricketts. I, I didn't really talk to Boris. I don't really I don't I don't talk to him. I'm just gonna let the my GM take care of that. And I think a lot of owners are feeling that way. And I think the money dries up and then it's like, hey, look, we'll give you these one year prove it deals or same type of deal that's like bellies happen. I'm surprised to see what Chapman's gonna get down the line and what like Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, like those clients are gonna get from uh MLB. I think something to point out that's very interesting with the pitchers that still remain, they're both 31, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. It's a damning age for a pitcher, and and especially to be able to come up in free agency. At that point, it's tough because no one wants to give you money. Brandon, you pointed it out. I talked to Bob Nightingale on Friday, and he said the exact same thing, right? Teams spent their money at the very beginning, and then teams like the Rangers, the Blue Jays, not getting Shohei Otani, they just clamped up the wall that didn't want to spend. I think some other interesting components is – Major League Baseball teams are allowing younger players to come into the league sooner, right? And what does that do? A supply-demand issue. You have more talented players, less of a, of, a, of a need to go get these $200 million guys. But that was a precedent set even just last year, right? Aaron Judge getting 360. You get Trey Turner getting the 300. Xander Bogart's 280. Dansby Swanson, 177. Carlos Correa having a myriad of offers from multiple different teams. It just doesn't happen like that every offseason. Every offseason, there isn't six, seven teams trying to vie for the top talents, and I think that's what we saw this year. Shohei was the prize, and once he was had, no one wanted to break the bank anymore. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a good question. What was the greatest moment at the United Center yesterday? The Chris Chelios jersey retirement, Patrick Kane's return, or the actual Red Wings uh, at Blackhawks game? It might have been the hit that Bedard put on Kaner. That was a nice one. I wasn't expecting that one. That might have been one of my favorite moments of the night. Or maybe, as we mentioned a second ago, Cindy Crawford draining that shoot the puck. That was <laughs> wild. I can't believe she made that. Um, but it has to be Kaner. It has to be the ovation. When he comes out initially, 
there's this smirk on his face of joy. I think every player wants to be loved by a team, by especially the one that they won championships with. And so for Kaner to come back, feel the love initially and see the smirk skate out, that was great. The second time he skates out, it was more embarrassment, but a smirk still kind of flowed through because he said, damn, this is crazy. And then when the third one happened, when when the cheers continued into minute number two and Patrick Kane could do nothing else but just embrace it and soak it in, smile the biggest smile you'd seen him do in the last two minutes and take that third little go round. It just, it gave you goosebumps. It felt good. It brought back all the good memories from before. And obviously Chelios was a huge moment. But for me, a little bit younger, Kaner, that thing was incredible, that standing ovation. I mean, the Kane thing was, it was, couldn't have been scripted any better. I mean, the fact that the Blackhawks got showtimed and overtime, I, I just <laughs> thought that was cold. I mean, so the only thing that could have made that game better, I would like to see a Bedard goal. That would have been kind of cool if he would have scored in there as well. But I'm going to be biased because of my Mount Carmel loyalties. I'm going to go with Chris Chelios. I loved his whole speech. Yeah, my favorite part I love when he came out in the Lincoln. I love that he gave Dennis Rodman some love. I love that he took a little slight little dig at Kane, but also gave him some some kudos on top of that. So I'm going to give it to Chelios in this. That, would, to me, was the greatest moment. Um, the whole thing. I, I, it, it was extraordinary how one thing bled into the next and into the next, and then and then the ending of it was, you know, elegiac. You know, it was just this. There was, there was like just a hint of sadness for the great former player scoring against his old team and everybody kind of going crazy. There, there were just so many... So many great words that that really you know jump to your mind to describe what was you know this it was poetic. I mean, it was just this extraordinary iambic moment in time where there was this beautiful rhythm to the day with with Chris and his speech and him going in and Kaner acknowledged. And then the game starting, and then the video tribute, and Kaner acknowledged, and then the game going on, and Bedard scores a goal. I thought what Kane said about Bedard was beautiful. He talked about how when he was uh, when he was a you know it, that uh, Patrick Sharp used to say to him that you know you are to the manner born, you are spoon fed because you were a number one pick, and he used to say to Patrick Sharp. It's a pity you didn't work harder when you were a kid. <laughs> and, and they used to have a laugh about it. And he said that of, of Bedard, that this is clearly a guy that, like Kaner, you know, a number one pays, worked for it. And then he scores a goal. And then, you know, you get a goal to tie the game from 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 Cat to Brinkett. And then you get the Kaner goal in overtime, and you know you're in the United Center where they're chanting Detroit Sox at different points, <laughs> and and then they're cheering Patrick Kane for his accomplishment. There, there, like it was it was beautiful because there, it was rhythmic, but it was also just this like hint of sadness to the whole thing, right? You know the the aging of the player, and now the acknowledgement of your life. And then here's three Patrick generations. Kane. You'll be up here soon. And I mean, it, well, 
It was bloody beautiful, man. If you if you have a soul, <laughs> oh my God, what a day! I feel like I get this question a lot. The NFL hits Indianapolis for the annual scouting combine this week. Do you expect to get clarity on the Bears' quarterback plan? Will Justin Fields officially be on the trading block? Do the Bears plan on drafting Caleb Williams? Could there be a big surprise, i.e. trade down or another quarterback emerging over Williams? That's the beauty of the scouting combine, all this stuff. You know, do I expect clarity on the Bears' quarterback plan? No. I expect a ton of rumors. I expect to hear everything that's going on. You know, the thing about the scouting combine, you get a chance to interview these guys, get a chance to talk to them. But I think I think J.J. McCarthy, uh, Michael Penix Jr., and Bo Nix are all planning on throwing. But, um, you know, Caleb Williams will throw at his pro day. And Jaden Daniels, the guy that, that uh, at least our buddy from our lads believes could possibly – get past Caleb Williams, he will throw on his pro day. So I I would be really surprised if you had enough information to make a, a declarative statement as to who is the best quarterback coming out of the combine. Um, you know, you, you would know that from watching tape already. I don't know that you're going to see somebody put on a show to the point where now they're ahead of, uh, of, of Caleb Williams or – Jaden Daniels, whatever way you want to line them up. But, you know, the the uh, the Fields thing's really interesting. They say they'll have a plan in place. I would be very surprised if they tell us what that plan is. And I do think that there are a lot of twists and turns in this thing. I, I, I believe, personally, the Bears will eventually draft Caleb Williams, and that will be the end of it. But I think there's a lot of, you know... There's a lot of one-way streets and dark turns, and you can get lost in the process. And there's there's so much left before we get to that point. I'm with you, Mully. I think we're going to hear a lot of reports. A lot of teams might be interested now in more teams that we haven't heard, probably interested in Justin Fields. But the one thing that I'm intrigued with is when Caleb Williams is going to meet with the Bears. Yes. They're going to talk. So that's going to be a little more clarity. Those rumors and reports, do Caleb want to come to the Bears? Now, yep. we saw little things here and there, but then they'll hear it from him. So I think it's going to be a little bit more clarity probably on the plan. They're not going to say anything, but I think we're going to get a little bit more of understanding after the combine. When I look at this question, I think to myself, obviously we're in unison here saying that you know there's going to be no clarity at the end of this thing uh, at the quarterback plan. Will Justin Fields officially be on the trading block? I think he is already. I think people are fielding calls. I would love to talk to a GM to get more insight as to like how the courting of Justin or the first pick works. Like, are is it has a G? Like, I'm trying to in my mind trying to imagine if a GM has already called Ryan Poles and said, "Hey, like, how does that even work? That call is it a?" All right, I got a second round pick for you. Tell me what you think. Or is it, you know, what do you want? Like, I wish I knew what that information was more like because then it'll give me a better idea as to how many conversations Ryan Poles has had about Justin Fields with other teams. Do the Bears plan on drafting Caleb Williams? I mean, the, the thing that bums me the most 
is that if you do draft Caleb Williams, then there's no there's no draft compensation that comes with it, right? It's just Caleb Williams. And that's fine. You know, if that's what Ryan Poles thinks is the best thing to do, it's just that would sting a little bit that it's just Caleb Williams and nothing else. But maybe it'll be worth it in the very end. Um, will there be a surprise as, as, a, as in a trade down or another QB emerging? The trade down that I'm anticipating is the one from nine to whatever that is. I think the Bears have a, a good grasp of players that are in that area. And I'm sure they feel like some of them are going to be able to get the same grade. So that, that's maybe where the draft compensation comes from. Um, another quarterback emerging over Williams. Did you guys see that Drake May dot that he threw? They hit the crossbar from 80 yards away. Not that I'm trying to say that Drake May is amazing, but I'm just saying, you know, things like that. Don't get you, do it. Get you drafted early. Hey, <laughs> you could say don't do it. You could say don't do it. But when he's a stud, I just want all my cuts that I said saying to draft Drake May to pop up on this station so that that way I can say that, that I was right. I'll take your questions. I don't, have, I don't have much to say about this. All right. The White Sox have joined the Matt Eberflus-like acronym game talking about playing fast both in the acronym and running the bases. How do you explain catcher Martin Maldonado dogging it to first base in the spring training opener? Do you believe that Pedro Grafal addressed it with him as the broadcast team said in game two? I think he did because he talked about it after the game. But the difference between Martin Maldonado and last year's White Sox team is Maldonado's answer to what happened. He said, quote, I didn't come out of the box the way I should have come out of the box. I want to lead by example. I feel like as a team or as a person, we should have exactly the same mentality. If I want to get somebody accountable on their own, I have to be accountable to myself first. Night and day from last year, where no players seemed to come out and say things like this in the event that they did something wrong. They would say, yeah, I got to do better. But it was nothing like my team should play this way. And if I want them to play this way and I want to hold them accountable, then I need to be held to the same standard and I need to do these things. To me, that said a lot. And I loved another thing that Pedro Grafal said. He said when a reporter asked him about, you know, Maldonado running, he said, isn't like basically, isn't that what you're coming to the stadium to see? Guys to play hard, to beat out throws, to give their best effort. That's what you are paying to see from this team. And damn it, that's what we're going to get. And so for me. All those things kind of played in well. I don't know. I might be back in on the White Sox. 64 wins might be the victory total this year. I don't know. Oh, my God, Gabe. (laughs) That's even too high. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, I want to know who talked first. Was it Grafol? I know Grafol talked to him. I know that had to happen because of his postgame response. And that's the right thing to say. Because you don't want to be out there looking bad. They just signed you. You're looking bad. Then you're going to end up like Grandal later next season. So that makes sense. He's pr- He got to prove it to himself. So that makes it. And then this whole fast concept, of course, Pedro Grafo is going to have to talk to everyone about that. Because it's, if people are out there dogging it to first base and stuff like that, you know they're going to go right to? This was, I thought, what happened to the fast? What, what happened to the fast? What happened to that? So it makes sense. I I I thought Pedro Grafol should never said that because now if they dog it, they're just going to point right there at Grafol the whole time. So you, you better hope these players get on board. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it was so disappointing uh, just watching the game, the first game. Jesse Chavez gave up six runs to the Cubs in the first inning. <laughs> uh, it I, I watched both games because I wanted to see John Schifrin the new broadcaster. I just wanted to get a. How do you think he did? I thought he did fine. I had no problem with him whatsoever. Um, I had a buddy who texted me who we were watching the game and he said, 
he said basically he's excited. I get it. It's it's an early game, but the Sox will beat that out of him, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. <laughs> By the end of the year, I mean he was very upbeat and very excited, and uh, and there was a lot of uh, of Stony um, in both those broadcasts. So it was great. I I like hearing a lot of Stony. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was neat and good. Um, we'll we'll see, right? I, I don't, you know. I think he's. You know, Jason would offer kind of a different viewpoint, a lot of analytics. He doesn't seem to be bogged down by that. He he didn't make a lot of cheesy jokes, uh, which Jason loved to do. It was it was a different kind of broadcast. But what did you think of it? Did you like it? Yeah, I mean, like anything, any anything in media, you just can't judge someone by their no. first couple games. No. You got to give it them fun. a bunch. I think yeah. he's going to be professional. Brandon, what do you think? Same. Uh, same, same as yeah. we gave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Um, it, it was, um, but Maldonado, getting back to this question, <laughs> he's supposedly some leader. Now, he's already the slowest guy in baseball. So you hit one back to Wicks, and you don't even bother coming out. It's a terrible, you know you're out. You don't even bother running. Wicks misplays the ball. Now it's like, uh-oh, I'm a third of the way to first base. So he gets on his horse a little bit, and mercifully, Wicks misplays the ball again. Kind of just throws it out of bounds. He was, you're getting on first base whether you like it or not. <laughs> they said Maldonado addressed the team and apologized for it, and they said that, um, that uh, Pedro talked to him about it. You can't have that from a veteran guy. You just can't have it. And you know what else? You can't throw to second base and start arguing about the call and let the guy go to third. <laughs> right, that, that can so happen. So I, I, I don't know what to make of the machete, but, you know, if you're looking at the first few games, not so good. All right, there you go. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.